0: You're listening to the DeCesory Group podcast. I'm Jim DeCesory, and I'm glad you're here. We have a great program this week. I'll be talking with cybersecurity expert Art McFadden. I'll tell you more about that in just a few moments, but it's time for a shameless plug. Hey, if you've not subscribed to our newsletter, Soka Economic Development and Business Use, please do so today at thedecesorygroup.com. And while you're at it, Follow us and like us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The DeCesory Group is a full-service business consulting, development, and public relations firm, and our mission is pretty simple, to provide business solutions and strategies to entrepreneurs and businesses so they can succeed and grow. Now on to the program. Are you concerned that your business or personal email, computers, hard drives, and the like are vulnerable to hacking or cyber attacks? Well, if you're not, you should be. And in business, it's a costly problem. According to a 2022 IBM study, it found the global average cost of a single data breach reached an all-time high of $4.35 million. So what can you do? Well, my guest is going to tell you. Art McFadden is a dedicated professional with a strong background in law enforcement, technology, and education. He has a passion for protecting individuals and companies from cybercrime. Art's journey began by attaining his bachelor's degree and then joining the Franklin Police Department down in Simpson County. Initially working in patrol, his expertise and interest in technology led him to join the investigations unit where he specialized in cases involving technology, sexual offenses, and crimes against children. With a distinguished career in law enforcement, Art was eventually promoted to the rank of captain and served as the assistant chief of police before retiring. Art's dedication and skills in combating cybercrime earned him a position on the United States Secret Service Electronic Crimes Task Force. He also serves as chief technology officer at Millstones Lab Cyber Safety, further contributing to the cybersecurity landscape by safeguarding the younger generation against online threats. Today, Art is sharing his knowledge and is a full time instructor at South Central Kentucky Community and Technical College in Bowling Green. So here's my conversation with cybersecurity expert. Art McFadden. Hey Art, thanks for being on the program this week. We appreciate you coming in and visiting with us.
1: Hey Jim, thanks for having me. Any excuse I ever get to talk about cybersecurity is a good day.
0: All right, well let's get started. So how is the landscape of cyber threats evolved in recent years and what are some of the emerging trends that individuals and organizations should be aware of to
1: protect themselves? The first answer is scary. Okay. That is the landscape and always will be. Yeah. Uh, it's a very complex one that uh, a lot of companies overlook or don't spend enough time or energy or money, in it and then something bad happens to them, and then it, there is no going back. And we're going to talk about a couple of those threats, I hope, today that there is no coming back easily.
0: Well, you know, I mentioned in my opening that according to a 2022 IBM study, it found that the global average cost of a single data breach uh, reached an all-time high of 4.35 million. So, that's per, that's on average right. per incident.
1: Yep, that includes manpower, lost wages, all that kind of good stuff. That is crazy money. It is. And our country uh, is the number one target for a lot of these threats. Uh, we're just sought out as victims. And the perpetrators are on the other side of the planet. So it's really hard for us to work on these case types of cases and these subjects.
0: Well, so uh, talking about emerging trends that... that- people and businesses can do to protect themselves? What What's out there? What what can folks do? What are some of the best practices?
1: Okay, well, first thing to do is have a heart-to-heart with your IT department, just like I, I said. And then the one that is the most concerning to all cybersecurity across the planet is ransomware. Mm-hmm. That is the number one threat to businesses. And the juicier the business, in other words, the, the more personal information, the higher that bitcoin demand is going to go up after the bad guys realize what they have
0: and is that usually how uh, ransomware is paid off is through bitcoin or some kind of cyber cu- currency
1: yeah through some sort of cyber currency and there's a there's a new twist on or newer twist on ransomware mm-hmm. as well that's just as scary what's that that is an extortion component being added onto the ransomware so explain okay <clears throat> what ransomware does is it encrypts your data now usually the word encryption is good for me and you as consumers. We want to encrypt when you get online and bank. So we got encryption doing what it's supposed to do. Right. Here's what the bad guys are doing, perpetrators. They're encrypting your hard drive so it is unreadable to you. You can still see a variation of the file names, but you'll have this nice little note on your desktop that demands money. And they use a cryptocurrency because it's very difficult to trace, Hey, Jim, did you know it's illegal to pay a ransom in off on ransomware if that country is determined to be a harborer of terrorism for us? So what what does someone do if that happens? I well, mean, first of all, you shouldn't be paying it to begin with. Well, yeah, right. And the second thing is you're going to have to get law enforcement involved if you even think that this is going to go. But cleanup is so difficult. Prevention, like all crimes, is a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we talk about prevention, the number one threat, networks is the user the end user if i patch your laptop or desktop completely Mm -hmm. and we don't let anybody use the internet in this room in this building and the everything's put up to date and secure your chances of being hit by anything are significantly lower because the number one way that this is being propagated is through a bad email so you get a bad email you click on it you give up your credentials or install a program, either one mm-hmm. that is stealing it without your knowledge, and then it encrypts it. And then like you said, they want you to pay in a cryptocurrency. Well, here's the new twist. Let's say you your company, you go to your, you're the owner and you go to your IT person and you go, I've got this note on my desktop that right. says pay money, or else you're not getting your stuff back. And your IT person looks at you and goes, We got this covered, Jim. We do backups constantly. You've lost like 15 minutes of data. Hey, that's great news, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, oh man, I ain't paying no Bitcoin because guess what? I got my stuff back. Here's the extra twist to it. Now, the ransom note also talks about, by the way, if you don't pay this ransom, I'm going to take all this data I stole. This is what they're doing now, the new aspect. They steal the data first. right? Then they encrypt it. It's all going on in the background. You could be using the computer and not even know it. So now, Jim, in that desktop notepad letter it says i'm going to release your data and talks about how much money for that uh payment and time frame so let's say you're a doctor's office and you get hit with ransomware and your it person goes we got this covered don't worry about it don't sweat it's hip information that's the juiciest stuff the suspects can get a hold of sure right but now you got to worry about the copy that was stolen your it person cannot help that is they are typically being hosted on the other side of the planet in countries that are not so friendly to the United States law enforcement. Yeah. And we can
0: say Russia on this program. Okay. Well, <laughs> it's not just, it just them. Not just them, China, Russia, yes, whoever.
1: <laughs> right. But the point is we can't issue a warrant right here in Bowling Green, Kentucky, and expect to be served you yeah. know, in another in, in country. In Beijing. <laughs> That's right. I mean, traveling with felonies is, is enough paperwork for us. I, yeah. I'd hate to see that and. It also depends on I say on the amount lost.
0: So when you get that note or when, when when a company or a person gets that note on their on their desktop, there's no guarantees either. They could pay the ransom and, and they could still uh, decide to release that information publicly, right?
1: Absolutely remember these are criminals they yeah. are not bound by any kind of <laughs> honor code
0: well yeah okay so there's no honor among thieves there is,
1: there is none. there's <laughs> not the most frustrating one i ever had was i walk in the door and i'm working the case and the uh the nl user that got hit with the ransomware uh-huh. informs me but we paid the ransom and then i gave them access so they can fix my machine and i thought the criminal on oh. the other side of the planet you're now intentionally giving them access to clean up your mess and you've already paid for it the only reason they called law enforcement is because they didn't get their stuff back immediately they did not even want us to know about it
0: Whew. all right so i want to back up on i.t professionals and i i i want to preface this as as saying we are not i'm not intending to hurt anybody's feelings here right but my experience in my many years in business and working with businesses is that there are a lot of IT professionals out there that are not IT professionals. There's somebody that can maybe install some software and troubleshoot some laptop problems or desktop problems. Uh, but when it comes to protecting... Your investments, because that's that's what it all is. It's it's your investments.
1: Whether it be monetary or rep- rep- reputation.
0: That's right. Uh, some of these folks aren't qualified.
1: No. And that's why I want- businesses get third-party audits mm-hmm. on their money, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Right? You don't, even if it, your accountant is your best friend, you still want a third-party audit to protect your best friend, the accountant, right? Right. Same thing with... IT. We need third-party audits. You want to get a somebody that is not a competitor to your IT guy uh, come in and look at it. I'm going to tell you this. Now I'm going to defend IT in general. Sure. Nine out of ten times when I walked in the door when I got called in on one of these cases I found the IT person in the corner bashing their head against the wall just muttering, I warned them, I warned them, I warned them. Right. Now of course I'm being sarcastic, but Usually, the IT person was correct and warned their supervisor, who may not be an IT person. We are at extreme risk.
0: Yep. So I'm a, the business consultant side of me is coming out right now. Okay. Good. For for any of our business friends that are listening to this program, I have preached this for years. Treat IT as one of your most important investments in your company because a lot of times, and this is not just in private sector, this is in public sector too. So this the government entities as well, and we do have some that listen as well. Do not treat it as an afterthought. It is something that you have to invest in on an annual basis. It needs a line item in your budget and you need to, to invest appropriately. Listen to your IT professional. And you're right. I mean, you know, there are a lot of qualified people out there that are doing their job the best they can with the resources provided to them by their their bosses. Right. And, and so, yeah, I can see where you might walk in and someone is banging their head against the wall going, I told them. Yep. And it, You know, I worked with a client a, a few years ago that they still were using an archaic desktop system from literally... Twenty years ago, DOS-based Windows program from eleven years ago, and they they refused to update to something more modern. Going into you know I'm a big fan of three sixty five Office three sixty five and and you can have all those safeguards uh, using those types of programs, but they they just. Archaic thinking is the yeah. way I can say it. That's the best I could say it. And you know, it cost them money. and it, it didn't cost them money because they they got hit with a ransomware. It cost them money because they were spending so much time going from one system to another system. it was it was time is what it was costing them which equates to money. which leads me to to a question. you know, what are some practical tips for individuals to enhance their personal online security and safeguard? Uh, They're digital identities, and uh, in a you know we're we're increasingly connected around the world now. So how can businesses and people protect protect themselves?
1: Okay, well let's start with the businesses. Sure. Uh, I'm going to go with education on business and, and personal, but let's do the business first. Here's ideally what you do as a business. You have a your training is based around your industry. So if you're healthcare, you're HIPAA. If you're somebody that handles credit information and can change someone's credit history or credit rating, then you're PCI, mm-hmm. okay? So it all depends on and what... You, yeah, tell us what PCI payment is. Payment card industry. Okay, because not everybody knows. All right. And, uh, and HIPAA, we all heard of them. Yeah. wonderful healthcare people. But anyway, these are uh, frameworks or layouts of what your security should look like. So your security third-party consultant should be picking whatever framework it is for you uh, but before we even get there let's talk about the education aspect on it on the individual user jim i'm going to give you a couple of links that maybe you could share with our listeners absolutely we'll All put right. them
0: in the show notes uh so that's
1: where you'll find them excellent okay well first one spot a fake email that okay we're going to put in the show notes and uh it's it's pushed it's uh, published by google and it helps you determine if an email is fake or not, and shows you how to help spot them.
0: And a quick, easy way to do that is just hover your cursor right over the name, and if it shows up as a wonky email address that's not from PayPal or right. whoever, that's a that's a sure sign, right?
1: Right. Another another way is let's say DeCesare, I'll put two S's in it. Yeah. Join create a whole new domain name. By the way, I'm going to use a stolen credit card to do that. So now, even if you hover over it, you're seeing something that, unless you're paying attention, it's not a completely different email. It's so similar that we got to do a double take on it. So don't buy anything from Amazon. Right. Don't buy anything from Amazon. I got you. All right. So the next one I want to talk about briefly is see if you've been compromised. So what you do, this is a safe website. You put your email, your real email address into this, Mm -hmm. and it pulls up a list of if your email address has been uh, at a location or a service that has been breached. Yep. And not necessarily that you've had any problems, but that company has. So why should we take a gamble on whether or not it's stolen your username and password? Go ahead and delete or change your password. Right. If you show up on that website
0: and a lot of your, your, uh, programs that you have installed on your desktop now are providing that service and you can use that, that you'll get an alert that says your email has been breached by MLB.com. Speaking from experience, (laughs) you know, go change your password and then you have to go back and manually check the box on, on whoever you're using to say, I fixed that problem.
1: Right. And now that depends on the system. Yes. Okay. Uh, so yeah I would run personal and work emails. Absolutely. Through that let uh, second to last one annualcreditreport.com is provided by the federal government. It says so at the top. I know who it, I know it's truly a government website or government sponsored website. Uh, you know there's a lot of fake of those ones sure. out there but our link in your show notes is going to be legit and you're going to run your credit report through all three of the credit reporting agencies, but you're going to not do them all at the same time. Okay. You're going to take the year. You're going to break into thirds because we got three credit reporting entities, right? Mm -hmm. Every four months, you run your credit report. Now, Jim, if it shows up on your credit report, I don't care about your score. That's your business. Not my problem. If it shows on your report a card that has a zero balance and you thought you closed years ago, don't panic. Just close double check on that make sure that account right. is closed what i am concerned about is any new credit cards w- or with incorrect balances so that that's what why don't you do gotcha and last one to touch on is online safety for children that website uh on facebook and that company is owned and run by mike lemon and the name of it is uh Cyber Safe Teen please even if you don't have any children you got young people in your life check that out and see what's going on in the world it's pretty scary too
0: yeah because they they're pretty much our most vulnerable population oh yeah they they you know they don't know they see something nice and flashy and click the link and boom yep there we go so uh, we'll have all those in the show notes and I, I appreciate you sharing that with me so let's talk about the uh, rise of remote work and digital digital collaboration tools uh, what are some of the key challenges and security considerations that organizations face in ensuring the protection of their sensitive data? You know, because of you know we we do a lot of Zoom and Teams meetings right. now and yeah. things like that, and sometimes information <clears throat> is shared. So talk about that.
1: Okay, I'll give I'll use myself as an example. All right. Uh, semester's over, but usually when I go home at night, I grade papers. I look at student accounts. This is FERPA, just like HIPAA. It's like another privacy one. Yep. So here's what the challenge is. When I'm on my school prop- property, I've got an IT team that's taking care of me. But as you just pointed out, when we worked remotely, and we still are, remote work is still up there. It's mm-hmm. never going to go away. No. Uh, whose responsibility is it to secure my home network? I'm dealing with student information. Let's say it's a business, and you're a business person, and you're on... Every, the day you work from the house. Yeah. Who's responsible for your router and your firewall and all these other cool little things? Who's responsible for that? And the question is, it's up to the individual companies to determine how far they want to push their I service IT services. Because like you said before, time is money. Mm-hmm. I would encourage businesses to take it very seriously and think of that as an investment. At least help them to the point where they, if they have some serious problems, uh, it's not just connectivity.
0: Yeah. So... Uh- Again, for the business folks listening out there, if you got people working remotely, you might want to rethink either putting a little money to invest to make sure that they're secure on their end and and your end as well. And uh, I know that there are some companies that do provide uh, all of the the equipment, software, and tools needed to do that from a home location. I actually have a nephew that works out of his house uh, writing code, and I guarantee... (laughs) They, when they sent that package of equipment to him, it had everything he needed to make sure he was safe and secure.
1: Oh, yeah. A lot of businesses thought it, like you said, as an investment. Mm-hmm. And some businesses even gone as far as giving you a second Internet connection at the house that they're paying for that you can only use for work. Nice. Yeah. The more we isolate business from personal life, the safer both of them are. Absolutely. All right. So... Um,
0: just, you know, kind of wrapping this up and putting a big bow on it. What are some of the best practices? You know, if you think about uh, a business that that might, you know, just have m- minimal protocols, you know, nothing more than someone that comes in and puts in the new software and make sure that, you know, everything's connected, the printer's working and all that stuff. But if, if a business wanted to go out there and, and start doing some things that they could do internally, invest in their company to do this, it's not going to break the bank, you know, but, you know, whether it's uh, online training, uh, what are some of the things that businesses can do and people for that matter? I don't want to I don't want to leave out individuals. either.
1: Right. Well, you know, we want our individuals to be safe at home because if they become an identity theft victim, that's going to cost you money because they're going to have to take time off to get this squared away identity theft does not heal overnight right uh but getting back to the businesses backups that you test are number one thing that i see when i walk into a business they think they're safe then they go to check their backups and the backups are corrupted as well by the way ransomware can travel through networks yeah so if you have a hard drive attached to your computer and it's set to back up at two o'clock in the morning and you think you're safe you're sadly mistaken now here's how to make it safe backup your computer unhook that external hard drive from the computer and put it in a drawer mm-hmm. now you get hit by ransomware they still may steal it so that's something you still got to consider uh but you've got a backup in that drawer right next to it and then the of course for businesses uh not just for business but home users off-site backups whether that are automated or you took that hard drive and you put it in your safety deposit box at the bank yeah for your own personal pictures and that type of stuff there are online solutions. They are not created equal. I hate talking about products, Jim. I like talking about features. Yeah. So if you want to invest in in a any type of security appliance or software or service, do your research. Yeah. And know if you're a business supervisor or owner, nine out of ten times your IT guys warn you correctly. Yeah. Uh, good IT is not done easily.
0: Man, I'm going to start getting fan mail from IT guys all, and women all across the region.
1: Well, what do I teach, Jim? <laughs> yeah, Well, I know. But, uh, and by anyhow. the way, I can say this on air. I want employers to look at my students first. Yeah. I know that's very selfish, but there you go. Well, let me uh, – so uh,
0: that leads to a great question because I, I was trying to check this out and I couldn't really find it. But do you offer any um, uh, certification programs for employers – uh employees who work in this sector so they can come and get some training maybe get get the basics if, if they don't know anything or uh, learn new new techniques and and processes
1: absolutely we've got several certificates one of the ones I'm heavily involved with is our security and network certificates obviously okay but let's say they have a degree already and they just want to come and they're not interested in getting a full second associates they can do that. The other advantage I have is, let's say it's an employer that's already got an employee and they just want that sp- specific certification mm-hmm. or certificate. Same thing. We don't have to take English and history unless we're going for a degree. I got you. Now, of course, Jim, I'm going to encourage all my students. You come in with a certificate. I'm going to do a little bait and switch on you and see if I can't sign you up for a back- or associate's degree when you walked in the door thinking you weren't going to get one. Well, at least you're upfront about it. Hey, man. <laughs> I appreciate.
0: So, uh, final thing. I know I keep saying i want to wrap this up, but I do want to talk about kids because I know you have a passion for protecting kids. Uh, it, it goes back to your law enforcement background, but even now because, you know, uh, online, whether it's through social media, I mean, we've seen some pretty terrible things happen because of, of a kid and their device. Absolutely.
1: And the parents have got to realize that you can... Put security on that phone, mm-hmm. on your home. Put every reporting feature you want to that you can on all these devices. I'm still telling you, there's one thing you're not catching, and that's education and communication with that child. Right. That website I re- referred to with the Facebook account, cybersafe Teen by Mike Lemon, that company's nothing but retired cops that work child sex abuse. Yeah. Uh, that company does education for them in the schools, but you as a parent can go to that website, download the parental contract. Yeah. It's a contract between the parent and the child. Okay. And there's there's a lot of good inf- good th- points on there. One is you will not create an account without my permission. You will not change a password without my permission. I'm going to look at your phone anytime I want to. Now that sounds great. I want to look at your phone anytime I want to. But here's the problem, Jim. Do you have a spare phone in this home that your old phone? Yeah. There's at least one somewhere in a drawer, isn't there? Yeah. Okay, you don't need cell service. Jump on the Wi Fi. Sure. So if your kid's got a buddy who's got a drawer full of old cell phones, that could be a very easy source that you're not monitoring. I got you. So monitoring is one of the last or things. Or a
0: tablet or whatever. Right, whatever the device is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So we got to hit it with our, I'm going to circle back around to education, whether it be between the parent and the child or the employer and the employee. We mm-hmm. still got to have communication education. And um,
0: made me think of one quick thought. because <laughs> right, I can go down a rabbit hole if we need uh... to, but I'm not going to. You, you mentioned earlier about um, you kind of alluded to this, but once once a device is captured, and you take it into your home or your work and you have connectivity between those devices you're going to get the other devices too.
1: That's correct. So if one device is, let's say that your engineer mm-hmm. gets a ransomware attack, it's going to spread from laptop to you to everywhere in this network. Yeah, And that's where, once again, good IT comes into play.
0: And, and I know this because one of the things that we do, the Decesri group, is we do geofencing. Uh, <laughs> and this is, Ill- <clears throat> this is you know criminal geofencing to some extent.
1: Well, geofencing can also be used as a security device. And you know that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, sure. Right. You know, you go off-premise, you you, you long, no longer get that access. We, we use geofencing for a lot of lot yeah. of cool stuff. So, anyhow. Yeah. Hey,
0: man. that's You've really opened our eyes to a lot of things. And I'm, I'm sure we just scratched the surface. There's so much more you could have probably gone into. But I wanted everybody to kind of have an idea of what they need to be looking out for. And they need to take this seriously. Right. Uh, cyber safety is is something that is just as important as a, uh, you know, a security system on your home.
1: Exactly. And what we want to say is that it can, don't put your head in the sand. Yeah. Oh, I just got a little of this, little of that nobody's interested in me they don't know who you are until they steal it that's right it's gonna cost you one way or the other let's do it in the beginning instead of the end
0: all right well thank you for being on the program it was great having you
1: Thanks for having me, Jim.
0: Well, I hope we didn't freak you out too much and you got something valuable you can use to protect yourself and your family and your business from cybercrimes. I want to thank Art McFadden for his time and passion on this issue and for stopping by to visit with us. Join us again next week for a new episode of the DeCesory Group podcast. And thank you for listening. Check out and subscribe to our newsletter, Soky Economic Development and Business News at thedecesorygroup.com. And like and follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Today's program produced by the DeCesory Group, a full-service business consulting, development, and public relations firm The man behind the throttle and navigating this starship is our engineer, Justin Skywalker DeCesare, and our content contributors are the amazing Brooke Mattingly and even more amazing Amy DeCesare. Download the DeCesare Group podcast on your favorite podcasting platform to hear from industry leaders, business owners, and experts about the latest economic development and business activities in South Central Kentucky. I'm Jim DeCesri, and I'll see you next time.